Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, do you believe in miracles? Al Michaels getting set to call the biggest game ever. He'll be live today. Plus, your call's on booing and someone might just get a tattoo. Let's do it. Here we go! Only one place to start. And the one place to start, of course, NFL action turning the page towards week four. And it is my delight to keep in our studio here after a terrific morning on Get Up, our NFL insider extraordinaire, the delightful Kimberly Martin. Hello again, Kmart. I don't know why I say hello, considering we were just together eight <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> didn't say bye one, yet. One way or another. If you move the mic a little closer to you, even, it'll be great. Uh-huh. Excellent. Okay, a million things to get into uh, that we touched on on television this morning. Mm-hmm. To me, the most interesting pieces of the conversation was that you covered mm-hmm. the most talked about game of last weekend, which was the Justin Fields game against Cleveland. And you were telling us on TV this morning that even the Browns mm-hmm. were surprised by what the Bears did and maybe more importantly, didn't do. Yeah, I spoke to head coach uh, Kevin Stefanski the night before the game, and he said, honestly, Kimberly, we want to keep him in the pocket, but let's be real. He can beat us from the pocket. So we think they're going to do a lot of quarterback runs, RPO, get him on the outside of the perimeter, take advantage of, his, of that, being that dual threat guy. And that's what we did not see at all from the Bears offense. How do you explain it? Like, we've, we've, we've tried to figure out what this was all week long. You were there. Mm-hmm. What, how do you explain it? Because... Uh, the good, the great, the great coaches like a Belichick, they will make halftime adjustments. There was nothing that changed. I watched Miles Garrett come at Justin Fields mm. the entire game, and I talked to Miles after the game. And you know, they know that Justin's talented, but they felt pretty good against a rookie quarterback in hostile territory. No one expected nine sacks, not even the Browns. It's terrifying, and if you're a Bears fan, it scares you to death because these kids can get ruined. Yes. Yeah, bring these kids into the NFL, and we're seeing all these rookies struggle. This is Kmart with me on, uh, with me here with the Goodyear hotline with you for every mile on the road to greatness, Goodyear more driven. And, and so let me then segue to a team that you covered. You and I first met because you covered mm-hmm. the Jets. Mm-hmm. And when you were there, I believe it was the Tebow experiment. I got on the beat 19 days after Tebow was traded. So we got the Tebow, and then yeah. they tried with Geno Smith, mm-hmm. and then they tried with Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. and now they're trying with Zach Wilson. And this is a franchise mm-hmm. for the last decade has been desperately trying to figure out something at quarterback. And, those and of a us, Hackenberg sprinkled who, in there oh, and, and Christian Hackenberg, <laughs> which was the biggest disaster of them all in its yeah. own way. And so the the... The question is, how concerned should a fan be that we are seeing all of this promise again in this kid with this magical Mm -hmm. arm and the direction that it is going? So this is why I'm always reticent about the rookie QBs, because there are a lot of variables that go into this. It's not just, is he talented? Do we believe in him? It's, what's the offensive line look like? What, What weapons does he have? What is the stability of this franchise? Are we, do we have a winning culture? Do we know how to win? Like all these variables play into it when you decide, is this a good situation for this guy? And when I watch Zach Wilson, and I talked to a couple former QBs and uh, former QBs turned QB coaches, um, they bring up, you know, what are the good habits that these guys are learning when their first instinct mm. is to take off because the, the defensive, the de- defensive ends and the linebackers, everybody's in their face in 0.5 seconds. And that's what you see. Justin Fields, great athleticism. Do you want him running on every play? No, you want him to be able to feel that he can stand in the pocket, get some protection, and find guys downfield and make plays. What frustrates me the most, and I think this is probably true of most fans, 
is when all the things that you as a fan could see coming as a problem Mm -hmm. are the problem. Mm -hmm. Which is to say, if you're going to draft a rookie quarterback and not have an experienced backup, literally not have anyone in that room, Mm -hmm. have a rookie head coach, have a rookie Mm -hmm. offensive coordinator, a guy who's never been in this job before, and a rookie defensive coordinator, in a place where the culture has been losing and there isn't a lot of talent. That's a recipe for disaster. And it was, I thought to myself, it's so obvious yeah. that it could go this way that they must have some idea of how they're circumventing that. And now here we are three weeks in. Well, the interesting thing is I think the Jets are the only people who have been consistent in their – they've said, we think – like I asked Robert Sala, you know, about the backup, uh, backup quarterback. Why no veteran? Um, you know, this, playing him day one behind a shaky offensive line, why do that? He's like, we feel – that we have enough support for Zach. We feel he will be fine. So the Jets have been consistent. What I find interesting are Jets fans that were very excited about Zach Wilson, but also not understand what did, what did you guys think it would look like, honestly, with no offensive line, with really no offensive line, no weapons, no, the defense, a lot of defensive injuries, I understand. But Robert Sala is a rookie. Well, what did they think it would look like? That's the point. It doesn't matter what I thought it would look like. What did Sala think it would look like when he's telling so you they, we have all this support in place? So they think it's it, – and the Bears are the same way. They believe in the mental makeup of these kids. But what I heard Alex Smith say on Monday Night Countdown I thought was great because he's a former number one overall pick, mm-hmm. and he talked about facing the number one defense in the Colts his rookie year's first game – and through four interceptions, and he's like, it took me a long time to get over that game. So Alex Smith, most mentally tough man we can think of, yeah. mentioned how his rookie year, that stayed with him. What you don't Now this is on film. Zach Wilson and those four interceptions, a game I also covered against the Patriots. Nine sacks of Justin Fields, a game I covered. Maybe I'm the problem. I don't know. <laughs> but, but those are now, now fans have a taste of the, the dream, almost the facade, the, the shiny new toyness of it all yeah. is gone. Now you're left with the reality of like, oh boy, these are really bad situations. Yeah. We, we, they, the, the rookie quarterbacks, there's only one of them that has won a game and that was Mac Jones and that was the game he played against Zach Wilson. So right. thus far, it's been a very tough start for them all. Greeny with you. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide. You can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299. No contract. All on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless 5G capable device required. Actual availability coverage and speed may vary. Let's flip it completely. Mm-hmm. From the young rookie disasters to the the great quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. We talked a lot about Aaron Rodgers on TV today. You love the petty. Cannot get enough of the petty. Why? Because it's real. Because these are the moments where you see these goats, these guys who can do what we can't, are actually no different than us. In our careers, there are people who doubt us, doubt what we can do, cap our potential. And part of... Part of what makes us go is the fellow, oh, you think so? Okay, I'm going to show you. They're doing it on the biggest stage. And Aaron Rodgers deserved to be criticized for week one. That performance, not okay. But we, all, we also know that the Green Bay Packers are due for one dubious loss. Like, what happened to them there? Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just week one for them this year. Um, but he is, he is who he is. And, and they feed off of that 
Brady still remembers 198 quarterbacks, 198 players were taken before him. Mm -hmm. He remembers that the Patriots didn't know really what they had in him. It took Drew Bledsoe getting destroyed by your team for Brady to get his chance and not relinquish that job. So they hold on to that, and they're no different than the rest of us. Yeah, Mo Lewis. I'm going to get into Rodgers a little bit later here, but but we would be remiss if we did not finish it with Brady, Mm. uh, who's getting set to go back there. And I love when you make, you always are very good with relationship analogies. I was a psych major undergrad, that's why. So, so tell me about the mentality, the psychology that Brady brings in against Bill this week. Picture this, Greeny. It is your college reunion. The girl that you loved in college, she broke up with you. She said, you know what? It's me, not you. Mm. And now, 20 years later, whatever, you know that you're about to see her on the same campus where you guys shared so many memories. Mm-hmm. Are you not going to have put on your Louboutins? Are you not going to walk around with spray a little extra cologne behind the ear? Are you not going to make sure that little Susie, Jan, Kmart, whatever, sees you in your glory? Are you not going to make sure like, oh, did you not know that I host my own TV show? And, oh, you don't listen to Greenie right after two hours? You know, like you are going to make sure that she knows she messed up and mm. that she's missing a really good thing. Not that you want her back, but just, hey, girl. You're like, check this out. Yeah, I'm doing just fine without you. Now, but but I, I get it, and, and that is, I think it's the right uh, analogy. But how about Bill? Like, how about his mentality in this? Bill, ha- Bill is almost like an android in some ways. <laughs> I respect it, because he has no feelings. No, no feelings that he's willing to share and show the outside world. And Brady is just no different. Brady got caught up in thinking, but, I, but I'm like we did all these great things and Bill is like okay I appreciate the 20 years we had together that's great okay all right but we're done now it's very transactional how Bill makes roster cuts how Bill benches guys how Bill just moves on like turns the page that's his MO um so I expect but I don't expect any any tears nothing no neither one of them mm -mm, no I don't because now I really, I said this on Get Up. I think Brady will show up like Thanos. He's going to come looking to annihilate, like Mac Jones for one. Um, but he's looking to make a statement. And then after the game, all the Buccaneers and all, you know, all the Patriots, Buccaneers will be like, we knew how much this meant to Tom. Mm. Tom won't acknowledge that pregame. But after the game, after they presumably win, they'll be like, oh no, we wanted this for Tom because we know how much it meant to him. Do you feel sorry for Mac Jones? I feel so bad for <laughs> Mac Jones. This poor kid who's literally like, I, I don't I don't even really remember the Brady year. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. coming into this cold and he has to deal with the pomp and circumstance of, hey, that guy? We used to have that guy. And he got us six Super Bowls. That's what we expect. Out, you know, I, I, like those expectations, he really is going to be collateral damage in the psychological warfare between these two. I, I agree. I, I hope I mean, of, of all the rookie situations, his on some level is the best because he's not on a terrible team. But in this particular case, it oh, is yeah, the no. worst game any of no them good. will have to deal with. I'm Greeny. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. She is Kimberly Martin. Will we see you on first take in a little while? Oh, we will. You're going to go in there and give Stephen A. a hard time? I'm going to tell Stephen A. about himself. Yeah, yeah. Everybody loves it. I, I've seen, I follow your social media. I see all the people. They, they love it when you go at Steve. I, I can do that. I can make a face or two. I can challenge him. No on one that. has, I've told you this, you have, it is a gift. You, Marcus, Steve himself. Mm-hmm. 
a, 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 an extraordinarily expressive face is the best gift you can have to be a TV star. Why, thank you. No one does it better. Kimberly Martin, outstanding. Thank you so much for hanging out. Thanks, guys. Great to have her, as always. As we continue, the most illuminating thing anyone has said in sports maybe all year. You'll hear it next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. And with that, we go to America's number one Dallas Cowboys fan. Our very own Bubba, our disheveled board operator. Oh, he did change up. This is the oh, first time I've seen gosh. Bubba today. Oh, yeah. He was wearing just the DAC jerseys. Is that is that a Des Bryant jersey yeah, you're wearing? Man, for all you need to know, it's a CD Lamb jersey. But, uh, <laughs> can we turn? Can you turn around so I can see the name on the back of it, please? Nah, not necessary. Uh, it, it's, there's nothing wrong with you wearing a Des Bryant jersey. It, it's all good. Yeah, it is a Des. See, because you love Des. You used to throw up the X all the time on Mike and Mike. I remember oh, vividly. Throwing up the X. All right. That was his guy. He loved uh, he loved those teams. But now, look, CD Lamb wearing it proudly. We got no issues here. Yeah, no. I was I was on the website last night, giving an initial search, looking at some options, some Parsons and a Lamb. I would uh, get a Parsons, a, maybe a Gallup. You know, who knows? I like so. the eleven. I, I, first of all, I like a defensive play wearing the number eleven, and I just like Micah Parsons. That kid, yeah, I think Parsons is so is good. Definitely, Parsons and Lamb are probably where I'm looking to add to the collection. But in the meantime, I figured I'd change it up, bring back the 88. As we're going 100% Cowboys this weekend, Bo, just want to make sure you're aware, we're going 100% Cowboys jerseys. <laughs> it's just so ridiculously unnecessary. Like no, he it's has, not. He's get, it's fully necessary. It's to, working. Keep doing what it. What do you mean it's working? It's working. They're winning. He's wearing the jerseys, and they're winning. I would never change. I, would wear, I think that even changing the number is a little risky. Like I am a firm believer, Bubba, in in yeah. all of this stuff. So if if you are if this is working, you're wearing the Dak jersey. I think you're a brave man for switching it up to the Des Bryant jersey. But at minimum, you have to wear a Cowboy jersey every day until they lose a game, don't you think? Right. Now, I mean, that was a tough call. That was do I want to just keep wearing the Dak? But since we're talking about doing it 100, percent I want to kind of change it up. But yeah, it's it's a tough one. You have an issue with this? Yeah, you? of course I have an issue with this. It's already enough. That Bubba gets to wear the jersey the, the day before, the, the day after a win. This, this thing that you're now making him do, he's going to wear Who knows when the Cowboys are who going is to your lose team? next? Which of the teams in Philadelphia? Is it the Phillies? Like, which is the team that has your heart more than anything else? It's the Eagles. I like baseball more than football, but the Eagles have my heart okay. more. Than, and, and thus, I so hate the Cowboys. So when the Eagles were making that miraculous run mm. and beat Brady in a Super Bowl— mm. And I'm doing this from memory. I believe that was a Super Bowl in which Brady threw for 500 yards. His team did not punt, and you won the game. We sure did. Did Mm. you at any point while that game was going on move? No. 
from one place on the couch to another. I did not move. And under any circumstances, because you have to be insane. If you had moved from one place to another, they should take your fandom away. That would be, an, that would be the move of an insane person. Right, and I understand that. And especially in that game, we were a huge underdog, you might recall. So yes. winning was very unlikely. I felt like that was at least, you know, in part, the reason why they were doing so. I, I, I was I, sitting I, in that spot. What do you mean in part? I think that is the primary, the, the primary reason. week three, man. Like, Bubba doesn't need to no. wear a jersey after week three every <laughs> single day. It's going well. matters. What are you talking about? It's going well. Uh, every win matters. This year, there's only one bye. I'm telling you, the Cowboys are so much better than I thought they were going to be, and Parsons is the biggest reason why. I said on TV this morning, well, let me make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. We had Robert Griffin III on. Very good, by the way. It's the first time I've had him on RG3 on Get Up. Really enjoyed that. But anyway, he had a post in which he said his, he listed his top five candidates for way too early MVP, which is fun. And he listed Stafford at number one, and I get it. If the season ended right now, they would give Stafford the MVP award. But I wanted to be a little bit outside the box. And I thought to myself, if you're really just taking the V in most valuable player literally, I think what Micah Parsons done has, has done has been transformational in Dallas. We knew their offense would be good. They've got Lamb and Amari and Zeke and now Pollard and Dak is a superstar on the offensive line for the most part is back and healthy again. And they got Dalton Schultz, who caught two touchdowns. That's a, we never wondered what that offense would be. The defense was hideous last year. And while Dan Quinn, I think, gets credit as the defensive coordinator for turning that to some degree around, I think Parsons has been the difference, man. I really do. I think that kid is unbelievably special. And when you consider they traded back to take him, that, that's an extraordinary first round for the Cowboys. Well, you said at the time, because you hosted the draft, Michael Parsons is the best defensive player in the draft. Uh, again, let's, let's make it clear. That's not my opinion. What do I know? I'm not sitting there breaking down the film. I'm saying the consensus of everyone I talked to. I went to everyone I could imagine, every analyst. I, I polled everyone. And in particular, obviously, Lewis Riddick, Booger McFarland, and Mel, who were sitting there with me on the draft. And that was everyone's opinion. He didn't play a. They didn't think he played a position as valuable as corner, so they did, weren't surprised that Patrick Sertan went ahead of him and J.C. Corn, the two cor- Horn, excuse me, the two corners went ahead of him. But every one of them said the best defensive player in this draft is Micah Parsons. And for as fu- for as many funny things as he says, and you know we chuckle all the time. Jerry Jones and their front office is the furthest thing from impulsive. They do smart stuff. The Micah Parsons move, that you, as you just described, brilliant. And the year before, they didn't need C.D. Lamb, but they took him. The best way to team build is to take the best player available. Two years in a row, they got that right, even though they did not address a position of need. And I have a feeling that those two players are going to be a big reason why the Cowboys are good for the next few years. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. And that's why, uh, under no circumstances, can Bubba change his shirt. Oh. Meanwhile, Greenies takes... All right, time for my takes again here as uh, every single day. Hembo, who is uh, first and foremost a content producer on Get Up, he has a variety of questions he asked all our analysts today, and now he will ask them to me, and I'll give him the right answers. What do we have? Well, Mike McCarthy, Greeny, has mangled time management in each of his last two games. How concerned should, you, should we be about that, especially because his coordinators have both been outstanding through, uh, throughout Very the concerned. Very concerned. I'll tell you what bothers me more than anything about it was his explanation for this one. <laughs> Look, the first one, he said he couldn't see the clock. I don't know what that is. Because, I mean, who's buying that? An NFL coach not being able to see a clock would be unprecedented. They've been playing the game 102 years. 
That would be unprecedented. And then in this one, I think this is the soundbite I have here, he, he talked about how, no, no, we were good with where we were. We decided to take the conservative approach. I was uh, very comfortable with the command that our defense had in that game, and like, just not even giving them a chance to you know, maybe put us in a backed-up situation. What? What? There was over, they could have had a minute left in a game you were leading by 13 points. You're an offense-first team. Yes, your defense was playing well. And I know you had had a turnover in the end zone earlier in the game. But come on, your quarterback is an MVP candidate. It's just ridiculous. That's ridiculous. He froze in the moment. Under no circumstances can will I accept a coach saying, no, we were good. 13 points at halftime? That game was over. Why am I taking any chances that something really crazy might go wrong? Everything about football today is about maximizing possessions, maximizing offense, giving your offense more chances to score. It's it's a terrible decision, and the explanation of it is worse. And so, would I be concerned? Yeah, yeah, because in this case, it didn't matter. They won by twenty points, and in the other case, Zerline makes a fifty-six yard field goal. But the next time when it costs you a game, it won't sound so good. So, I think they should be very concerned. What's next? Next is week one. Obviously, uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers laid an egg of epic proportions, but they played well in week two and one, and they played well in week three and one. So can we say that that week one performance against the Saints was just a hiccup? Yes, I, I think you have to, in fairness. And, and Kmart brought this up. Every year, it's not usually the first game, the, the Packers are good for one inexplicably terrible performance. We've seen it each of the last several seasons. I don't know how to explain it. That's why it's inexplicable. But maybe it just came week one. Look, I was one of the many who said, their offseason had to have something to do with that. And maybe it did, maybe it didn't, but at this point, it clearly doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers was so good Sunday night, he threw two passes, one of them in the back corner of the end zone to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and another one that he threw in the middle of the field to Devontae Adams on that last drive <coughs> that are as pretty a passes as you will ever see an NFL quarterback throw. And he's just incredible. So at this point, you have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Do I think it was a hiccup? I think it has to be. All right, one more. Amongst all the angles and subplots as Brady returns to Foxborough this weekend, which are you most closely watching? Well, I mean, there's a million, and we're going to get into the fans' piece of this a little bit later this morning. But I am fascinated to see how Bill and Brady handle this together. There's all this new stuff. Actually, you know, Bubba, this, this stuff came out since we put together the rundown. Let's lose the music on this, and let me just read a couple of these notes. So, because this came literally right before... We uh, went on television this morning. There is a book coming out by Seth Wickersham called It's Better to Be Feared. And it's got some inside stuff on Brady and Belichick. And here are just a few of the bullet points that we have here. That Brady was tired of taking team-friendly deals without having any input. That sounds familiar. And then another is that as early as 2017, Brady said he didn't want to play for Belichick. And maybe most interestingly, Brady called it telling that his goodbye with Belichick came over the phone. So there's a lot of stuff going on here. But what is clear is that there's real stuff there. Those two guys have genuine animosity. It's a thing. And I'm really curious to see how they handle it. Bill doesn't ever give you anything. Brady, I think, is going to be so focused what is your expectation? Will they shake hands before the game? They'll shake hands. Will they chat amiably? No. I think it'll be closer to like Shaq and Kobe when they reunited. There'll be a, ha- a handshake, and it will be brief, and, it will, and that will be that. 
It's my best guess. They, they won't exchange pleasantries? Why would they? They're playing each other. They're, they're, they're on the football field. The but that happens. To win the game. Two hours before the game standing out there, but guys on opposite teams will chat with each not, other amiably. Not guys like that. Well, so they're wired different in that circumstance, because I've seen it with Bill. I've seen Bill chatting with the opposing coach two hours before the game. You see it on NFL films. He's not. I mean, he'll, he'll say hello and be amy. Hey, how's the wife and kids? I mean, kind of thing. The, the, the closest thing I can think of to it, every Jet fan listening knows what I'm talking about, is when Mangini was the coach of the Jets after the Spygate thing. Like the handshakes between those two guys were the most interesting thing about the entire game. And I'm really curious to see how that gets handled this week. So one way or another, that should be fascinating. Okay, those are some of my takes this morning. I'm sorry, what? what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? All right, the next thing I wanted to share with you here is what I teased, which is one of the most illuminating things anyone has said in sports maybe all year. This was Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee's show yesterday. And he was talking, the question is very benign. The question is like, how about that win or something like that? Like, how are you doing today? It was literally not leading him to where he immediately took it. Well, it's a rough night, I guess, for some of those uh, he doesn't care campers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to leave it there. That's all you need to hear. His first response is it was a rough night for some of those uh, he doesn't care campers. And it made me think. In sports, petty is the new humble. We used to like our superstars humble. Now we like them petty. Michael Jordan changed that. Michael Jordan went from humble to petty. There was no humility in Michael Jordan. And I say that with love. You know how much I revere the man and like him personally. But he's not a humble fellow. (laughs) Michael Jordan is not humble. Michael Jordan is seeking out anyone who thinks of him as anything less then the greatest thing that ever happened in the history of mankind, and he's proving them wrong. That, those are his marching orders as a human being. That's what he cares about. That's what he wants. And those guys are like that, and it's petty. I think there's some of that in Brady. There, maybe there's some of that in all of them. Clearly there's some of that in Durant. You see, look at Kevin Durant's Twitter feed. And there is a ton of it in Rogers. Just listen to how willing he is to say that. That's the first thing he wants to say on the show. Well, it's a rough night, I guess, for some of those uh, he doesn't care campers. <laughs> Again, think how few people he's talking about. What legitimate person? In this day and age, you can get anything you want on social media. And who knows what talk show hosts out there are saying things. But generally speaking, amongst those whose opinion I would think he should value. Who said that? Who said Aaron Rodgers doesn't care anymore? I, I, I think he's kind of making that up. It's been a while since you were in the locker room on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. But how, tell me, like, how much media is he consuming to be getting that from, like you said, anywhere that matters? Because you have to be spending a decent amount of time listening and watching to have come across someone that's credible at all, that does have that opinion. He, I, I can't answer that question because when I was working locker rooms in Chicago in the 90s, like none of this existed. Not only was it pre-Twitter, it was pre-internet. The internet did not exist. When we came in, I worked at the, the first all-sports radio station to launch in Chicago. It's now the um, competitive station to ours in Chicago, which is ESPN 1000. I worked at the station called The Score, then and now. And my original job was the roving reporter. I was in there in the locker room. And let me tell you, the most 
controversial opinions that were being offered in the media in those days were coming from our radio station because that had never happened before. Mm. It used to be just that the newspaper columnists would write a tough column about you. Then all of a sudden sports talk came on and you got guys like ripping them and all that kind of stuff. And they were enraged. I can't tell you how many Mm. times I had to answer for things I had nothing to do with. I had the, the PR director of the Cubs one time had to go tell Andre Dawson before the game that man right there has nothing to do with what was said that bothered you so much, so you should not take it out on him. Because Andre Dawson was looking to, was looking to get into it with somebody, and it damn sure wasn't going to be me. I was 23 <laughs> years old, and I had nothing to do with That's it. That's not a fair fight. So, so what I'm saying is, in those days, that was the most controversial thing that could get said. Nowadays, anything and everything can get said. And he has the ability to hear as much of it as he chooses. You and I both know the mentions tab on Twitter is access to the cesspool. You can, you can, anyone who wants to be in, if you're someone as famous as Aaron Rodgers, the number of people who are sending messages at and about him on a given day is incalculable. It's entirely his choice how much of that he chooses to digest. I'd like to think if I were he, I would digest none. But that's not the way these guys operate. Because it feels to me like this is, because it's coming from like a small collection of people, any negativity, it's stuff that he's manufacturing for himself and for his team, no? Like he's using this as fuel. I mean, that wasn't the case when he entered the league. He's been in the league for so long that Twitter wasn't like this and the internet wasn't like this. But he and Brady both have made it very clear, at least it seems to me, this is sort of what drives them. And that's sort of bizarre given the world. It's Jordan-esque, and that's my point. Mm. It's petty. It's the new humble. The new humble. Our superstars used to sort of act like with some humility. Now they act with great pettiness. As a member of the media, this is more fun. Coming up, we touch on the baseball, and then someone might be getting a tattoo. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I am Greeny. Hey, don't miss Al Michaels in our next hour. Legendary play-by-play voice of the NFL getting set to call the biggest regular season game maybe ever with Brady's return to Foxborough. He'll be with us in about 45 minutes. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Call or click today. Find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. All right, here we go. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. So there's a restaurant in San Francisco called Casa Sanchez. Sanchez or Sanchez? You said both. I think I said both at the same time. Well, let's try that again. It's called Casa Sanchez. 
1998, this restaurant offered free food for life, for life, to anyone who was willing to get a tattoo of their logo on their body. Their logo is a person wearing a sombrero flying on an ear of corn. The point of the article was catching up with some of the people that got the tattoos. So this happened 23 years ago. The San Francisco Gate, is that a newspaper or a website maybe? I don't know. But either way, they did a story about this, catching up with some of the people who had gotten that tattoo in order to enjoy free food from Casa Sanchez for life. Now, free food for life is a lot. That's quite a thing to get. That restaurant goes out of business. You are devastated. <laughs> yeah. but, but, and, and that informs the answer to the question. If you were going to get a tattoo of the logo of any restaurant in order to enjoy free food at it for the rest of your life, which restaurant would you choose? It requires some thought to that point because is, I didn't read the whole story. Is Casa Sanchez still in business? It is. It is. Okay, great. So these people who got these tattoos are still eating for free anytime they want. There's like a dozen or so people, and they estimated that it has cost them about $6 million. The restaurant. Over the, yeah, over the last 23 years. But, but think about all the, the – it's made up for that in publicity, sure. I assume. They're a still in business, so the $6 million didn't kill them. So <laughs> let us start with, uh, with the hashtag crew. So let me start, Nuno, with you. Do you have any tattoos? I do not. I don't know this of you. I've not inspected every interview. You do look um, like Kim Jong-un, but you are a man with no <laughs> tattoos. That is so, correct. Fair enough. So are you willing to get a tattoo? That would be my first question. Would you get a tattoo? If I could arrange this, would you get a tattoo? No, you know, I think I'm past that age of actually getting a tattoo, right? Then I think if I do it at like almost 45, I'm almost like you're trying a little too hard. No, but you're no one is making any bones about why you're getting this <laughs> tattoo, okay? You are getting the tattoo in order to get free food for life in a restaurant of your choosing. Would you be willing to do that? I think there might be one restaurant that I'd be willing to do. Okay. Oh. I'm willing to make a phone call no, and, and, and utilize whatever means possible <laughs> to make this happen. Nuno, what is that restaurant? If I was to do it, the one place is there's a restaurant in Bridgeport called Ralph and Richie's. Okay. <laughs> but That's no, not, it's not happening. Fair enough. Well, I don't know that. I'm not familiar with Ralph or Richie. What does their logo look like? Yeah, what is it? What do they have a logo? No, it's literally no, it's literally like Ralph and oh, Richie. Oh, so you would, well, that would be a bad tattoo to <laughs> have, Correct, exactly. particularly if you have to have it like in a visible place because it's not doing yeah, the exactly, restaurant exactly. any good if you get it like on your butt cheek what, that no one sees. So you, if you get after you get a tattoo in a visible place, and if people don't know it's a restaurant, and they're like, "Hi, uh, are you Ralph or Richie? Is your name?" Ra-? And you're saying, "No, my name is Nuno." And, and, and now you have to explain why you have a tattoo that says Ralph and Richie on it. I can see where that's going to cause a little bit of complication in your life. Correct. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. So we'll see. But put that one on the list. We'll see if we can get them on the list. Bubba, do you have any tattoos? No. We got no tattoos on this staff. Okay. I mean, uh, I don't know what's going on with that, but one wait, way or another. Wait, you want us to have tattoos? Would you, no, answer, I don't care one way or the other. Well, you seem to really be upset. A lot of people, well, it would have, <laughs> for the purposes of the bit, it would have been nice if someone was a tattoo person because you could just be getting one of many. Okay. <laughs> would you be willing to do this? I'm not opposed to a tattoo, you know. Okay. About it, what restaurant mind. would you choose? Uh, well, you know, a lot of options out there. Uh, I think the best way to go about it is you go with a chain restaurant. Mm-hmm. You focus in on a chain, 
So you're not just going with the Ralph and Richie's only on, you know, <laughs> Queen Street in Bridgeport. <laughs> right. I'm thinking I go to a place quite frequently that's got great chips, salsa, margaritas. Get me a Chili's tattoo a and Chili's let's go. A Chili's tattoo. All I right. wonder if we can make that happen. We might be able to make that happen. They may be willing to do that. What is dinner there? Like eight bucks? I mean, I, I mean how much are they are they risking? You couldn't spend six yeah, million dollars there deal. if your life Triple depended dipper, on it. You yeah, know, margaritas, but the chips and salsa. Get that for free. Get some ranch, some queso. We're talking. Okay, so I'm looking at their logo. Hembo just pulled it up. It's like a chili pepper, right? It's is a chili pepper. Yes, and and then the letter S. It's actually much more attractive than <laughs> it's a cool Ralph and Richie's logo, script. Yeah. yeah, so we can get that. But you have to get the logo in a visible place, like where shoulder. Like where are we getting this logo? No, upper arm is fair, right? Upper, upper arm, something that you that that occasionally at minimum can be seen. Okay, how about you, Hembo? You're not you don't have a tattoo, right? I have no tattoo. No, you don't even have a you have like a, a military haircut. I have no, I have nothing. You're not a tattoo nothing. guy. Okay, is there a restaurant you'd be willing to do this? I like Bubba, like Mexican food, and I would have to also choose a chain because I'd be worried, like Ralph's and Richie's case, that it would go out of business. Right. I love eating at Chipotle. And if I could eat unlimited Chipotle for the rest of my life, as unhealthy as that may be, that would be my choice. Okay. Now, I don't know if that would be uh, that unhealthy. I, my understanding is Chipotle is a pretty high-brow uh, fast food, right? Like, that's an upscale. But when I go, like, I eat a lot of it. What so do you eat? I do usually do, like, a 1,500-calorie burrito. It has, like, sour cream and corn and cheese and, like, all the stuff that you're but not you're supposed to You're such a healthy eating person. Yeah, it's, like a, I, it's a cheat you day. You can do that every once in a while. It's a cheat day, but, like, I can't have 150 cheat meals a year. Like, no, that that's would... true. That's true. <laughs> so th- these are the things you have to take into account. You have to take into account. It's one thing to love eating in a place every now and again, but you want to be able to maximize this. So you want to – it's got to be a place you're willing to go, like, daily or somewhere yeah. close to that. I'm also just picturing I show up, I go there, and I'm, I'm sitting down to eat, and then they go to give me the bill, and I'm like, oh, wait, no. And I take my shirt off. <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah, right here, I have the Chili's tattoo. <laughs> right. Like, okay, no, you're good. Like, and I you're visualizing that as a good moment or a bad moment in your life? <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's going to be tough on a date. Sometimes like, it'll be good, sometimes bad. Yeah, you got a date there you with a nice young lady, and all of a sudden you just, oh. Oh, the <laughs> bill comes, and you're like, excuse me one second, uh, Marissa, I've got to show them my tattoo of a chili pepper that will make this dinner free. We'll continue in a moment on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.